welcome everyone today. And if you're a guest with us this morning, we are so happy to have you. We thank you for being here. It's our hope and prayer that the presence of God touches you today, ministers to you. Those of you that may be watching us online, we welcome you as a part of this service this morning. And uh, if I started naming them, I know I would miss some, so I'll just say it this way. We're we're happy this morning to have some folks still here from Paz this past week. Um, glad to have them in service with us today. We welcome them. Praise God. Second Corinthians chapter 4. We'll begin reading with verse number 16. Second Corinthians 4, 16. For which cause... We faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. And, and I got to tell you, there, there's some people, if they, if they made that statement, because they haven't necessarily been through anything major, you could kind of brush them off. But when Paul calls affliction and the things he's been through light that's that's saying something for our light affliction which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory God is way more interested in you your eternal salvation than he is in your temporal comfort Verse number 18, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I'll read those verses to you from the Amplified Bible. It says it this way, therefore we do not become discouraged utterly spiritless, exhausted, and wearied out through fear. Though our outer man is progressively decaying and wasting away, yet our inner self is being progressively renewed day by day. For our light momentary affliction, this slight distress of the passing hour is ever more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving for us an everlasting weight of glory beyond all measure, excessively surpassing all comparisons and all calculations, a vast and transcendent glory and blessedness never to cease. Verse 18, since we consider and look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are visible are temporal, brief and fleeting. But the things that are invisible are deathless and everlasting. The New Living Translation says, verse 18, like this, So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see will 
For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. I thought I had direction for this service this morning. And a couple of hours into sleeping last night, I was awakened and needed to get a little bit of help for some heartburn. And as I was making my way back to lay down, this the Lord dropped this statement or question into my spirit. You may have to listen carefully here because it may sound a little confusing, but my, my title this morning as a, as a question is Seeing by what you hear or hearing by what you see. Are you seeing by what you hear or are you hearing by what you see? God, your presence is in this place today. I know that by faith, but I also know that by the manifestation of it and the way you have worked and ministered in this place. God, I know you've already done some things in this service this morning, but I also know you are not finished with what you want to do here today. So I pray now that your word would minister, that your spirit would minister through your word to hearts and lives in this place. God, there is faith that has already been released in this sanctuary, and I pray that that faith would continue to work and that faith would be mixed with your word that we might be profited today. Father, I trust you this morning. I depend upon you. Acknowledge today, God, that I can do nothing without you. I trust you for your anointing this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I realize these verses, no matter what translation we read them in, to the natural carnal mind may sound ridiculous, silly, may sound foolish, but that's okay because the Lord plainly told us through Scripture that His principles, His ways are in fact foolishness to men. But he also said that the weakness of God is stronger than the strength of men. And so I challenge you this morning to not listen with your intellect, but listen with your spirit. Because I believe there's some people here today that the Holy Ghost would not would not only like to speak to you this morning, but to bring about some changes in your life today. Paul says we, we don't look at, we, if I could say it this way, we are not focused on what we see. But we are focused on what we do not see. It's not the only place in Scripture where it may seem like a bit of a, of a paradox, I think is the word, for, for what is being said because we, we in, in fact, in, in my title, we, we don't necessarily connect seeing and hearing in this way, but in a spiritual context, they are very connected. 
You and I have got to determine, am I going to hear by what I can see? Or am I going to learn how to see by what I hear? Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 5, chapter, excuse me, chapter 5 verse 2, many of you could quote it this morning, but he said, we walk by, maybe many of you can't quote it, we walk by faith and not by sight. I think we can say it this way and it's okay. We walk by faith and not by feeling. We walk by faith and not by what we see or what we feel. Paul also tells us that faith comes by hearing. Faith doesn't come by seeing. Faith comes by hearing And hearing comes by the Word of God. It is a pretty continual battle in our lives to determine if we are going to live by what we see or by what we hear. And in a lot of ways our fleshly default is to live by what we see. Because what we see is more tangible. I can see this pulpit. I can see these speakers. I can see things and those things are tangible. Do you know that there are angels in this room right now? I messed up the other night at pause. I got, I messed up. I usually remember when I say I've never seen an angel. I usually remember to qualify. I have seen one. I'm married to one. In fact, her name is Angela, which has to do with angels. So, There may be some people in this room that have seen angels. I mean literally this morning because I believe people see angels because I believe angels are just as real as you and I are. And so for some of you, when I tell you that in this room right now there are angels, some of you believe. Others of you may want to believe, but you don't quite believe. Why? Because you can't see it. So it is our human nature to default to trusting and believing in what we see. Can I tell you today, if you live hearing by what you see, you are going to live a fearful Depressing, discouraging, hopeless, and probably a few other things. Life. But if you would learn to do what Paul says, and not focus on all the things you see, not focus on the chaos that's in our world, not focus on the chaos that may be in your own family or in your own life, not focus on the sickness that is in your body, not focus on the financial struggles that you are in, but if you could learn to look at what you can't see, if you would learn to listen 
not only listen to what the Word of God says in this book from Genesis to Revelation, but also listen to the things the Spirit of God will quicken to your heart and your mind. Bible tells us, if you could put Hebrews 11 and 24 on the screen, the Bible tells us in reference to Moses, Moses had been born as a Hebrew, as a part of the, the slaves. He is adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. He is raised in Pharaoh's household. He has the best of life, the best that Egypt has to offer. But the Bible says when he was come to years, when he was come to the point of making a decision for the future, for his future, when he was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Next verse. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Now get this, most of you know the story of Moses, but get this. He comes to a point where he has got to decide which direction his life is going to go. Am I going to go the direction of the family I've been adopted by? The family that is in charge, in control, I, I think, I, I don't know this for a fact, but if I, I, I think there's a chance that Moses may, as an adopted son, have been next in line to succeed Pharaoh. Whether that's the case or not, he lived in Pharaoh's household. He enjoyed all of the wealth and the riches that Egypt had to offer. He ate the best of food. He wore the best of clothes. He was educated by the smartest of people. He had everything there was. And so that is door A. And behind door B was to go back to his people who were in bondage. It was to give up that to go back to slavery. If you're looking at that only, there is no choice. There's nothing to think about. If I'm looking at the present options, there's, I'm going with door A. But Moses didn't do that. Next verse, please. Moses made a decision not based on what he could see because he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt for he had, he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. You see, what Moses did was he didn't hear by what he saw. He saw by what he heard. And one thing he heard was the people of God had some promises. You're going to go into bondage and you're going to be there for a while. And it's not going to be easy. But there's coming a point in time where I'm going to take you out of bondage. Moses knew that while the children of Israel were currently in bondage, they also had some promises that were given to Abraham that I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply you. And so rather than choosing which way he was going to go based on the moment, Moses had heard something that he did not see. 
That's one of the biggest challenges, especially if you're new to this or if you've yet to really decide if you want to fully surrender your life to Jesus Christ, is there's a lot of things you can see. There's some of those things that you can see that don't necessarily make sense. And there's some things that you can't see that because you can't see them, it makes it a little bit hard to trust and believe in them. Can I tell you today, and I think you are among some people that can testify today, that by the grace of God they made a decision at some point in time. I'm not going to live my life based on what I can see. I'm not going to live my life based on the evidence I can accumulate with my eyes. But I'm going to live my life based on what I have heard. What I have heard that is based upon the Word of God. Because everything that I can see is temporary. But the things which are not seen are going to last. I, I can sort of remember last year in the month of April. April seemed like the slowest decade of my life. You, you, you missed that. April seemed like it lasted forever. But here we are at the end of 2021. Where did it go? It seems so trite to say it because we say it every year. But where did the year go? You see, while you're in it, it seems like it lasts forever. Do you know we 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 talk about we read the story of Job, we preach about Job, and what is the big focus when we talk about Job? His trial. The, the worst day. I don't know of anybody that's ever had a worse day than Job. Anytime you ever think you're having a bad day, just go read Job chapter 1. Not saying you may not be having a difficult day. Not, but, but just if you're getting too discouraged, just go read Job 1 and, and, and you might feel a little bit better. Bible says that uh, he, 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 had, he had servant after servant coming one after the other to tell him of a tragedy. You just lost all these cattle. You just lost all this. You just lost all that. And all of it was the icing on the cake was he, the servant comes in. And, you know, today it'd be like if you were on the phone and you're in a conversation and you got call waiting, beeping through. You hurry, I got to go. I got to take this next call. You take the next call. And while you're on that call, somebody else is beeping. I got to go. And you say, that, that's how it was. One after the other. And the very last one was the worst of all of them. Because the very last one, the, the, the servant comes and says, your sons and your daughters, seven sons, three daughters, were all together in the same house. And in one single event, they all were killed. That's a bad day. But you know what? Job lived, I think, 200 and something years, if I'm not mistaken. The length of his trial was only a brief moment. But it's all what we focus on. Can I tell somebody today, if you would stop hearing what you see... If you would stop 
making up your mind how things are going to go because of what you can see. But if you would start deciding to see what you hear, it may not look right now like it's all okay. It may not look right now like it's going to be all right. It may not look right now like my need's going to be supplied. But I've heard some things. And so rather than looking at what is temporal, I'm going to look at what I can't see. Paul says this in Romans 8.24. This is not the plan of salvation here. We are saved by hope. We are saved by hope. He's, again, he's not known. Well, if you want to get be saved, just hope. That's not, not what he's talking about. He's talking about those that are saved and how to be saved. Right? We are saved by hope. But look, look at what the next part says. Hope that is seen is not hope. Because what a man sees, why do you hope for it? But if we hope for what we see not, then do we with patience. Wait for it. I know all the kids, most of the young kids, we've got some teenagers and up in here. Actually, there's probably some teen, teens that this could apply to. There's probably some big kids at heart that if you'd be honest. Anybody got anything you're hoping to get for Christmas? Oh, look at that. I, I got a couple hands. Hoping, you're hoping, you're hoping. Hope I get that, hope I get that, hope I get that. You hope for what you do not currently have. You hope for what you don't currently possess. Because if you possess it, there's no need to hope for it. But we hope for what we can't see. And with, with what? How do we wait? What do we wait with? Patience. What? That's not all the time how we wait. We often wait with anxiety. We often wait with fear. We often wait with doubt, but when you have heard, when you have heard, you can wait with patience. Now here's the problem. You can apply that word patience in the way we typically think of it, but patience in that word, in that verse, the, the definition of the word patience there is not you are wait, sitting there waiting for something for someone with a smile on your face, happy. There's a doctor I go to from time to time, orthopedic doctor. Actually just went a couple weeks ago, shoulder bothering me so much. It's pretty much a guarantee. It's going to be an hour appointment. 
It's going to be an hour appointment because it's usually 20 to 30 minutes from the appointment time till I get taken back. It's not because they're busy. The other day I had the fir- I had one of the earlier appointments. There was nobody else in the office. I don't know why it's acceptable that I have to be there on time. That's not that's not it's not talking about sitting there and when they finally come out to take me back. Good morning. How are you? It's so nice to see you today, rather than, you know. Okay. That's not really what patience there is talking about. That word patience is endurance. It means to stay under. So if God's given you a word and the circumstances are weighing you down because it's not looking possible, it's not looking like, oh, hallelujah. I know some of you are, are, you are you, you're like the children of Israel with the, the quail in the wilderness. It's coming out your ears. You've got so much word all week long. You are stubbed. You are in Thanksgiving comatose on spiritual food. Somebody needs to hear me this morning. There's not, it's not just possibly a guest that the Holy Ghost is talking to this morning. There's some other folks that need to be listening right now. It means to stay under. Years ago, before DVR and all that stuff, you could record things and whatever on just on the box or whatever. My dad would have people bring him VHS recordings of ball games. Ball games that he had already, he knew what the score, he knew the outcome. I don't, I, I don't really like to sit and watch what I know the outcome is. If I already know how the game w- went, I don't really want to sit and rewatch it. But there is something different about watching it live versus watching the recording. Especially if the outcome of the game is your team won. If you're watching it live and the outcome is yet to be determined. Some of y'all don't understand this. You can't relate because you have no interest or desire. But there's a bunch of us. Whether we show it outwardly or not. We get wrapped up in the game. And if they're doing well, woo! But then if they start messing up, start throwing interceptions, missing shots, oh, what are they doing? What is this? Is ridiculous? Why? Because you don't know the outcome. I know this is simple, and I've used it many times, but somebody needs to hear me this morning. If you were to sit and watch the recording of the of the game and your team won, you know the outcome, you know your team won. If you sat there and watched throughout that recording and did the same things, we would think you're crazy. Because when you know the outcome and you re-watch it, really the purpose of re-watching it is to just see How we got to the outcome. 
In fact, what's really cool, Maryland, University of Maryland football team, has the record for the greatest comeback in NCAA football history. That's about the only thing we can celebrate right now. That's the problem when you graduate from a college. You can't you don't have a choice but to be a fan of them. Sorry, a little bit of venting here. The greatest comeback and several years ago somebody gave my brother a VHS, may have been a DVD, but I think a VHS. Bishop says all you young folks don't know what cassettes are and I've actually got a 18-year-old that likes to listen to cassettes. So y'all do know what they are. But when you when you watch that recording, rather than seeing how far they fall behind and being all stressed out, your perspective changes. And it's like, wow, they played that bad? They made that many mistakes. They got that far down and still won. Can I tell you, if your life has been surrendered to Jesus Christ, and if you've been born again, the outcome by God has been determined. If you'll stay faithful and true to what He wants to do in your life, the outcome is already determined. So rather than fretting over what you're going through, rather than being discouraged and depressed by the problems you're facing, the perception ought to be, well, I wonder how this is going to work out. I can't wait to see how God fixes this. I can't wait to see how God provides this need. I can't wait to see how God turns this around because I am not listening to what I see because what I see discourages me but I'm going to listen and walk by what I hear because when I hear I then see differently don't worry if you're not following me I got my own self confused if I let what I see influence me, I'm going to live discouraged most of the time, afraid, worried. What if I can live by what I hear? That's where my faith comes from. That's where I can look at situations that seem impossible and say, I know God's got this. I know God's in control. I know God's going to work it out. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. If I'm going by what I see, that doesn't make sense. But if I go by what I hear, not only what God has told me through this book, but the things God has quickened to my spirit. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse number 15. This is a, such an amazing story. When the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? What shall we do? We are, in, we were, we are surrounded by an army, chariots and horses and soldiers. 
and, and, and listen to what the man of God responds and says. Don't, don't be afraid. Because those that are with us are more than what's against us. I got a feeling that servant scratched his head and thought, you know, I think you might be getting a little senile because we are surrounded by the enemy. And you're saying that what is for us is greater than what is against us. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, Open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. He first saw. And because of what he saw with his natural eye, he was afraid. But the man of God said, Lord, there's something else I've seen because of what I've heard. I've heard that what is for us is greater than what is against us. So would you open his eyes and let him see? I pray in this place today that there would be some people that God would open your eyes to see today. Not to see what you've seen naturally, but to see through the eyes of the Spirit. Because what is for you today is far greater than anything that you have seen that is against you. I I, I forgot to make this point. Let me go back as I hurry on here. But that word hope in Romans 8, 24 and 25, that word hope is not like wishful thinking. I I hope, I hope I get whatever for Christmas. I, I hope I get a raise. I hope I... That's not what that word hope is. That word hope means confident expectation. It's not wishful thinking. It's not dropping pennies in a wishing well, wishing for something. That hope is, God, I know what you've said. I know what you promised. I know who you are. I've seen in this book all kinds of things you've worked out that looked impossible. And so I have a confident expectation. Hebrews 6, 17, I'm I'm hurrying, I'm hurrying. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of His counsel, confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Which hope? We have as an anchor, an anchor, an anchor, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth in to that within the veil. When we swear, you go, go. I don't know, in fact, I don't think they do it exactly this way anymore. The last time I was there, I was not there for my own reasons, for someone else's, let me clarify. But in the past, when you were being sworn in to take the stand, you put your hand on the Bible and said, I promise to tell the truth, the whole truth. Why? Because that's greater. It's bigger. The problem is, God doesn't have anything bigger. And so he swore by himself. But what he was saying was, if I don't do what I say, 
I mean, here's the deal. If I tell my kids I'm going to do something for them and I don't come through, whether I have a good excuse or not, if I don't come through, guess what? I'm still their dad. My failure to keep my word doesn't change me from being their dad. But God's failure to keep His word means He's not God. And the problem with that is, we go back to the Old Testament and He says, Beside me, there is no other God. So if He doesn't keep His word, you don't have another God to go to. If you don't like McDonald's burgers, go to Burger King. If you don't like Burger King, go to Wendy's. If you don't like Wendy's, go to Five Guys. It's not like that with God. Well, you let me down. I'm going, no, there's only one. So when God says, I swore by myself, that's something you can rest assured on because He is God. He was, He is, He will be God. And therefore, you can trust in His Word. And He said, this hope is an anchor. An anchor. You ever seen a boat that was anchored? Doesn't matter which direction the current's going. Doesn't matter which way the wind is blowing. It is, it, it is anchored. It is held down. That doesn't mean the boat doesn't rock and toss from sight. Doesn't mean that. But what it means is as long as that storm is raging and that anchor is holding, it's not going anywhere. Can I tell somebody today, you may be in the middle of a storm in your life right now, but if you've got this anchor of hope, you may get tossed around from time to time. It may seem like you're going to be overcome. You may feel overwhelmed, but you've got an anchor that if you will trust in that anchor, all things will work for your good. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.18, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Ephesians 6.17, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You don't need to know this book just because it's the book for our religion. It is the Word of God and it is the weapon. What Paul was telling Timothy and what Paul was saying with the, with the armor of God, with the sword of the Spirit, is that when doubts and fears come against me, when, when depression and discouragement and hopelessness comes against me, I use the Word of God as my weapon to overcome them. I use the Word of God as my weapon to fight them. When I got needs in my life and I'm not sure where the provision for that need is coming from, I've got a sword. My sword says, my God shall supply all of my needs according to His riches in glory when I'm going through some things and I feel like I'm alone or I don't know what's going to happen I, I don't know if God knows where I am my sword says the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures he leaves me beside the still that's what my weapon is to overcome that 
When I hear about COVID and other viruses and diseases, my, my sword says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it will not come nigh thee. My sword says what we sang this morning. When you go through the waters, you're not going to be drowned by them. You're not, that's what my sword says says as far as I know you cannot think about two things at once it's an impossibility think about apples and oranges I want you all to think about apples and oranges Okay, apples, now think about oranges. Now, are you still thinking about apples? You are now because I just said apples, but when I say oranges, you're now thinking about oranges again. And if I throw pears into the mix, you're now thinking about pears. When I say pears, you might go back to oranges if I say oranges, and you may think of the apples again, or you might get stuck on the pears. So we start with fear. Fear, 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 fear. You can let fear take over. You can let fear rule. Or you can decide, you know what? I can only think about one thing at a time. And so rather than let fear be the thing that's controlling my thoughts, I'm going to think about the promises of the Word of God. Because if I'm thinking about the promises of the Word of God, I am now pushing fear out. You are not a victim of what goes on up here. If what's going on in your mind is overwhelming you, it's because you are not doing what the Word of God instructed you to do. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Taking into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So when I've got thoughts that say God doesn't love me, when I've got thoughts that say God doesn't care about me, then I can say, oh, that's not true. For God so loved this world that He gave His only begotten Son. God is love. Watch this. This is, this is it. This is it. This is it. Matthew 18, 21. I've, I've heard these verses pretty much all my life. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? Meaning, Lord, do I have to forgive him seven times? If he keeps messing, if he keeps doing me wrong, seven times and I'm done, right? Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times times seven all my life I have heard these verses in the context of how many times you need to forgive somebody else they always get used with regards to bitterness and unforgiveness in our lives so no matter how many times somebody hurt you unless you and he didn't mean that literally what he was saying was I'm going to tell you so many times that you'll never even get there so just forgive Peter all my life, and I preached it in the I preached it and taught it. This is all about 
forgiveness and you forgiving and you forgiving and you forgiving. And a couple of days ago, something dawned on me. They're at the Last Supper. Jesus says, somebody here is going to betray me. All that happens, Judas leaves. And then Peter says, Lord, I will fight for you until the death. And the Lord responds to Peter and says, before the cock crows three times in the morning, you will have denied me three times. Before you hear cock-a-doodle-doo three times in the morning, you will have denied that you even know me. Oh, no, Lord, not me. I'm with you. I'm going to be with you till the very end. Sure enough, story unfolds what happens. Peter gets around this campfire and people start, hey, I know you, you're one of Jesus. No, not me. Somebody, yeah, you are. No, I don't know. Third person, yeah, third time he swears. I don't know. Which disciple asked how many times you had to forgive? Hmm. I don't know. This may not be as good for you as it was for me. Which out of the twelve disciples, which disciple asked how many times? Peter. Out of the twelve, which was the disciple that denied Jesus? I got a question. Does Jesus ask you and me to do something that He? Won't do. Do you need to forgive your brothers and your sisters? Oh, sure. Yeah. But there's another truth here. Jesus is not going to tell you and I to forgive each other seven times 70. If He If he's not willing to forgive you, what do we do? We mess up again. We, oh, God, I'm so sorry. I, I messed up again. And he, I mean, he doesn't do this, but if he was, he'd be like, okay, that's number five. I got 485 to go. The chances that anybody in this place, there may be somebody, with it, but the chances that you've committed a certain sin... 490 times is, is, is fairly slim. But as I've already said, he wasn't saying that as a literal number, that when you get to 490, you're done. Again, what he was saying was, it's so many times, quit worrying about it. And if he tells us to do that, then he does that for us. So when you fall... When you sin, when you make a mistake and the enemy starts to come in and accuse, you can choose to look at your failures. You can choose to look at the mistakes you've made and hear that voice. Or you can decide, you know what, you're right, I've messed up, but I've, I heard, I heard that God's willing to forgive me. 
I heard that it doesn't matter what I've done. It doesn't matter how much I've messed up. It, it doesn't matter if it was small or big. I, I have heard. So I'm not going to look at what I've done or what I haven't done. I'm going to listen to what I have heard. That there is a loving, forgiving, merciful God. And so rather than living by the mistakes I've made that I can see, tell you there are some people in this place today whether you're a guest or member no matter what the category you may fall into there are some people in this place today that I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost your future is far better than what you currently imagine it to be because you're looking at what you've gone through you're looking at what you're going through through but if you would choose today I'm not going to look at what I see I'm going to look at what I don't see I'm going to let the principles of the word of God and the spirit of God be what I focus on my outlook is going to change my perspective on life is going to change my perspective on the circumstances I'm in Can you imagine how wonderful it would be if we would all, I said all, we all, not you. How wonderful would it be if we could truly all learn that whenever the next problem arises in our lives, when we get the next bad report from the doctor, when we get the next bad financial report in our homes, our family, rather than going into panic mode and worry and fear and doubt, if we started approaching that with, well, okay, God, can't wait to see what you're going to do now. I can't wait to see how you're going to work this out. I can't wait to see how you're going to solve this problem. I can't wait to see what answer you've got for this situation. Because I'm not going to look and get caught up at looking at what is temporary. There are some eternal things that I'm going to focus on. I want you to stand if you would, please. As you stand, would you just close your eyes, bow your heads. There's some people in this place. What a powerful presence of God that has worked and moved already. I think there's one more wave in this sanctuary of what God wants to do. If you're in this place today and you're willing to acknowledge that you've been caught up listening to what you see, the negativity, the the problems, whether it's the things in our world in general or it's the things that you're going through in your life personally, And it's got you afraid. It's got you in anxiety and worry and doubt and whatever else it may be. But God wants you, and if you want it, you can have it today. God wants you to quit looking at all of that and just start listening. Listening to what His Word says. Listening to words He has given to you so that you can begin to see that no matter how bad it looks, I I see there's an answer. I see God's going to work it out. If you're here today and you're dealing with some stuff and you're willing to take the step of faith, you're willing to be honest, I want to invite you to step out of your seat right now and make your way down to this to this altar. I believe the Holy Ghost wants to empower some people in this place today to begin to change what's, what's affecting your thoughts, to begin to change what's controlling your mind. And rather than it being all of the things you're seeing, rather than it being the circumstances that 
that you're going through, the problems you're facing that are affecting how you think and feel. You're going to get your eyes fixed on what you can't see. The power of God, the Spirit of God, the ability that God has that whatever you're going through, God's greater. Whatever problem you're facing, God is bigger. Can I get some believers that would come join with these folks right now and agree with them? That the Holy Ghost would help them today to change what they're looking at. To change what they're focusing on. I'm not here today just preaching to you about the power of positive thinking. I'm not here to preach some psychological message to you. I believe that everything I have said is based upon the Word of God. The principles of the Word of God. And the Spirit of God will empower you help you. You don't have to do this all on your own, through your own ability. God's grace, God's Spirit will equip you, will strengthen you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, it's so easy. It's so easy for us to focus on the problems we see. It's so easy for us to focus on the obstacles we can see. And then our minds become full of fear and doubt and unbelief, worry, anxiety, hopelessness. Oh God, help us today. Help us to look. Help us to look at what we can't see, what is eternal. What remains. What is greater. In the name of Jesus. The scripture says, I believe, therefore have I spoken. Somebody needs to confess that this morning. God, I believe. In spite of my circumstances, I believe. In spite of what I see, God, I believe. In spite of what I feel, God, I believe you're greater, you're bigger, you're stronger, you're higher, you're more powerful, you're able, you're bigger than the temporal circumstances I'm in, you're bigger than the temporal problems I'm facing. God, you are unchanging. God, you are unchanging. Your power is the same as it's always been. Your ability is the same as it's always been, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let somebody see clearly today. Let somebody see beyond the natural today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We'll see a miracle. We're going to see a miracle. God, we believe for it. Rather than looking at the problem, I see the opportunity for God to do a miracle. Rather than looking at the obstacles, I see a way for God to show His power. God, we believe for it from the 
the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We believe, God. We believe. We believe. We believe. We believe. I don't believe my circumstances. I don't believe my past experiences. I believe your word. I believe what you've said. I believe what you've said in the written word. I believe what you've quickened to our hearts and minds and spirits. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, you are the way. I may not see the way. I may not see the answer. It may look impossible, but you are the way. You are the way. You are the way. You are the way when there seems to be no way. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. My circumstances don't have the final say. The doctor doesn't have the final say. You've got the final say, God. You've got the final say, God. What I'm going through doesn't have the final say. You've got the final say. We trust in you, God. You have the final say. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. God, we believe. God, we believe. We believe, God. We believe, God. We'll see a miracle. Oh, yes. God, we believe. We believe you, Lord. We believe you, Lord. You're able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, Lord. God, we, we believe, believe, we believe, we believe. God, we believe for it from the impossible. We're going to see a miracle. We're going to see a miracle. God, we believe. God, we believe for it. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Whenever you need to go or want to go, you're welcome to. Thank you for being here. The Spirit of the Lord is still ministering, working in this place. You're still receiving from the Lord. Don't be in a hurry. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That's all that matters, God, is what you said. The only thing that matters is what you said. Doesn't matter what anybody else says. Doesn't matter what the circumstances say. Doesn't matter what the enemy says. Doesn't matter what the doctor says. Whatever you say. Whatever you say, God. Whatever you say, God, that's what matters. In the name of Jesus. 